smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hello everyone i'm molik from mint's personal finance team in today's episode of why not mint money i'll be speaking with a very special guest he started his professional investment career in 2002 by working for ace investor rakesh junjunwala fondly recalling those years he says quote I spent a good 4 years with him until 2007 and those were the best years in the stock market. A lot of people say it's good if you start in the markets with a loss so that the lessons are well ingrained. But I came in at a time when there was a lot of money to be made. This boosted my confidence. Unquote. After his stint with Rakesh Junjunwala, he joined ValueQuest, a research firm started by his brother. ValueQuest was granted a PMS that is a portfolio management service license by SEBI in 2010. Today, the firm manages assets worth 5200 crores. I'd like to welcome Ravi Dharamshi, the founder and CIO of ValueQuest, to this episode of Why Not Mint Money to talk to us about how he manages his personal finances. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Hi Ravi, welcome to this episode of Why Not Mint Money. Thank you so much Malik, thank you for having me. Yeah, glad to have you here. Uh Ravi, so let's start with you uh taking us through your professional journey and uh telling us also how you got into investing in the stock market. Yeah, so uh now in hindsight it almost seems that uh, it was meant to be, but mm-hmm. uh when I started off uh, it was not the case. I was still figuring out uh, what I want to do in life. I hail from a family that has been associated with equity markets for over four decades. My dad got into the markets in the late 70s and mm-hmm. he always spoke to me about investing and he encouraged me to read newspapers and business magazines. So I was hooked uh, kind of hooked on to the markets, but I still never took it as a serious career option. until i went to us for my management study at that point of time i read a lot of books and especially all the bookshare newsletters and uh, all the investment classics and that is when i realized okay this is my calling in life and i want to be associated with the equity markets got it so this was around what time like when you went to the us this was uh, from 2000 to 2002 uh, that's when and, uh, and this was right after uh, the dot com uh, actually when i went it the, the dot com boom was still going on uh, right. but uh, yeah and everybody wanted to do something with the technology so even i had actually done a diploma in uh, advanced computing as well but okay. uh, somewhere along the way i changed my thinking after doing the diploma i was sure that i don't want to be a programmer and do coding all my life so mm-hmm. i switched uh, to finance as a uh, field and i really fell in love with uh, the investing when i read the books got it so did you kind of burn your fingers in the dot com bust or did you manage to make some money Hello. in the dot com boom no uh, i did not participate in the dot com boom or the bust uh, okay. my journey started after that at that point of time i was just uh, uh, an observer and understanding what is going uh, what is going on around me but uh, i had no understanding and uh, so i refrained from doing any kind of investment while i was studying i was like let me finish my studies first and then i'll get to investing full time which awesome. uh, in hindsight turned out to be a 
boon because when i came back to india in 2002 Uh, mm-hmm. the boom was just about to begin and we had one of the best bull markets for the next 5 years okay so ravi you just talked about your dad like you said he's the one who introduced you to the stock market so your your father did he have like a broking business yes uh, my dad started off as a sub broker then he became an uh, main broker in the late, early 90s my brothers joined him and uh, i am youngest of the three brothers so mm-hmm. in for all practical purposes i am third generation and not second generation but mm-hmm. yeah uh, so uh, but as a as we moved along the broking journey what we realized is that it was not a business where your interests are aligned with your clients and we we would rather that we focus our energies on doing investments so uh, we stopped active broking around 2000 2001 and we decided to focus on uh, our own investments okay and uh, when did you like professionally so basically when did you begin your uh, professional uh, investing uh, journey then so uh, when i came back from us i actually uh, joined uh, shri rakesh junjunwala right after i came back and i right. spent good four years with him and those were the best uh, years in the stock market and it was uh, a lot of learning for me uh, and it was i was right at the fountain head of the knowledge so that really helped me a lot of course a uh, lot of people say it's good if you start in the markets with a you know kind of a loss so that uh, lessons are well ingrained but that right. was not the case for me i actually came in at a time where uh, there was a lot of money to be made whoever had a little bit of a risk appetite could easily uh, make a lot of money so uh it helped me in good stead it boosted my confidence and uh, i was able to ride the trend very well okay but the fact that you entered the markets at a time when it was doing well and you know you had the opportunity to work for uh, rakesh junjunwala did that make you very bullish and uh, a bigger risk taker later in life absolutely absolutely i think uh, the biggest takeaway uh, working with uh, rakesh ji was that only that when you see things uh, are aligned when you see that opportunity uh, when you see the risk reward in your favor then you should not hold back and th- that ability to bet big and uh, hold on is something that uh, is very difficult and if you have uh, you know kind of a false start in the market where you pay your fees it's not like i have not paid my fees i have also paid my fees in the market but if you start on the negative on a back foot then you end up uh, having a far more uh, uh, conservative approach generally in life however uh, i have learned along the way that uh, yes the name of the game is survival you cannot be making uh, mistakes sure so you you know you had the lucky chance to uh, start your professional journey by working for uh, rakesh ji um you know what was the next steps like where did you go on from there if you can tell us about that yeah so i was with him till 2007 and post 2007 i actually uh, came back and joined my brother my brother was at that point of time running uh, a research arm that was called value quest and mm-hmm. uh, i joined him and uh, so uh, but uh, since the broking was already kind of uh, you know on the verge of shutdown or it had already shut down it was not so to say a focus 
but research was an activity that we wanted to continue and that's that's exactly what i had learned with rakesh ji so uh, my colleague and my college mate samir joined me at that point of time and mm-hmm. uh, we both used to debate a lot as to what we should do going forward and there were kind of uh, you know we had a ready base of clients who really wanted us to manage their money but we were kind of resisting uh, my my dad was especially of the opinion that you know if you lose money for your clients you will not only uh, you'll lose out on a relationship and you don't want to do that so mm-hmm. that kind of uh, was the debate uh, that was going on but then i came from a mindset where you know one if one has to Uh, move up in life and one has to institutionalize you cannot remain an individual investor so sure. that's how i decided to convert the research arm into a pms and started managing client funds okay so this when did you do this like converted into a pms this was in the year 2009 we got our pms license in 2010 and oh. uh, that's when we professionally started managing funds so our uh, official track record for the value quest is from 2010 Okay got it you know now uh, coming uh, more to your uh, personal portfolio uh, can you tell us like what is your current asset mix like say between equity debt gold uh, etc so i come from a, a line of thought that uh, we are we cannot be invested in any other asset class than equities so uh, mm-hmm. i have zero allocation to debt and zero allocation to real estate as an investment of course i do own a home i do own uh, some land uh, some of which is all inherited so uh, but from an investment point of view i don't uh, have any allocation to real estate i'm 100% allocated to equities within equities there is a differentiation between listed and unlisted okay um so how much of your equity exposure would be towards uh, listed uh, stocks and how much would be say private equity listed would be 80% and unlisted would be 20% uh and uh, again it is uh, because the uh, the investments have grown at a different rate and that is how it's not uh, at cost uh, differentiation but it is more today's value is what i'm talking about understood got it so i'll i'll come to your listed equity investments in a while but you know first talking about like your private equity investments one if you would like to highlight like some of your uh, you know largest private equity investments and you know h- how do you go about uh, shortlisting uh, these investments what what's your thinking uh, process behind it so uh, the one of the earliest uh, private equity investment that i did was a company called concord biotech where uh, rakesh ji had invested himself in fact he owns a, a big stake in that i'm if i'm not mistaken it's about 35% of the company he owns uh i i had allocated so i used to track pharma for him and mm-hmm. i was involved in the uh, uh, evaluation process of the company and i could see that the entrepreneur was uh, really good he was a good technocrat with skills in a, a market that uh, there was not there were not too many players available so basically sure. they are into api fermentation based apis and uh, that's where uh, the opportunity lied and today i mean this company is close to going doing an ipo they had they have actually filed their drhp as well but it's a uh, 16 year old investment for me second the biggest uh, private equity investment i have is of course the national stock exchange we okay. bought this uh, about 4 years back uh, mm-hmm. 
and uh, yeah made, made a large allocation to it at that point of time there were not too many opportunities in the listed market and of course this was the time period when the psu banks were all uh, trying to clean up their books and whatever good assets that they had on their books they were selling off and it was very clear to me that nsc was being uh, given away for a very very uh, cheap cost uh, but sure. banks really didn't have a choice so uh, that that's where we had to take an advantage of it got it so now kind of coming to your uh, listed equity investments um within this are you all into direct stocks or is it largely through pmss so we believe in having the skin in the game uh, so my portfolio is in the pms and the scheme that i run uh, i am a portfolio manager running valuequest platinum so my funds are invested 100% into all my listed exposure is directly through the valuequest pms okay understood so in terms of like you know the market cap exposure so today what would be your large mid and small cap uh, exposure broadly so uh, we are an a uh, multi cap uh, scheme and we are actually speaking uh, market cap agnostic however the way our philosophy has been or the way our biases have developed that mm-hmm. uh, we usually tend to end up allocating more to the mid cap range and the definition of mid cap has changed over a period of time there right. was a time when company companies uh, above 500 crores would be called large but today those are very micro cap companies so today uh, how we look at it is companies above 1 lakh crores are really large cap between sure. 10 lakh and 1 lakh crores is mid cap and below 10 10000 crores is uh, small cap so my allocation to large caps would be about 20% 60% would be to mid caps and 20% would be to small caps okay so uh, ravi you know you've spent such a long time in the market so what do you think have been you know the key drivers of your uh, portfolio return so uh i think that's a very important question and i think uh, people need to understand see first what you need is the right attitude right aptitude what you need to understand is that market is not a place where you come and make annual returns people sure. come to make income out of the market that's not uh, the right attitude one has to come with the attitude that you are creating wealth for a future generation for your future self 10 20 years down the line once you have that kind of an attitude and mm. then you have to stay allocated to the equities the biggest decision which is going to lead to your uh, maximum wealth creation is that you stay ma- allocated to the equities uh, as much as uh, possible and as far as as long as possible so those the duration and the amount of the your allocation to equities is what is going to determine your wealth so you need the vision to see you need the fortitude to hold the stocks and you need the courage to capitalize all three things are required for in wealth generation and uh, yeah so stock selection does play a role but mm-hmm. that is probably uh, secondary in terms of wealth creation so sure. yeah makes sense um in fact you know uh, we've talked about you know your long stint in the market so any investment mistakes that you've made and that you would like to talk about so market is all about making mistakes there are there's a laundry list of mistakes and there are different types of mistakes that we make but mm-hmm. uh, my favorite quote of rakesh ji is that he used to t- tell us make mistakes that are affordable and don't forget to learn from your mistakes it if the biggest mistake is not to learn from your mistake 
so uh, again there are many but the good part about uh, if mathematically if i was to tell you if i invest in 10 stocks and i made a mistake in buying one stock right it's not going to hurt my overall portfolio as much that and i am let's say i have made 10% equal allocation that 10% is going to go to zero because i made a wrong stock or a right. choice that's fine all i need is at least two three stocks to become large enough to compensate for that so it is uh, more a question of uh, uh, ensuring uh, that uh, you know uh, you make a mistake uh, that you can uh, learn from but it is the uh, errors of omission that don't show up in your ba- balance sheet so mm-hmm. my, what hurts me most is if there was an opportunity which i identified mm-hmm. i bet on it i did not bet on it enough i did not hold on to it long enough those are the things that uh, is something that i struggle with so for example titan was clearly uh, a company rakesh ji was invested he had a large allocation to it i could right. see it with my eyes what was happening but at the same time i did not have the same conviction that he had did not have the same level of allocation that he had and i did not hold on as long as he did so uh, that is a big big uh, difference in the kind of wealth i have made got it but in terms of if some examples you would like to highlight are there some stocks that you shortlisted thinking obviously that they would do well but they didn't turn out to be good investments for you oh again there is a, there are many many again <laughs> that list is just too long but i'll just uh, okay uh, one company i will probably name is uh, because we actually made uh, a loss in that company and quite mm-hmm. a substantial loss at that is a company called cafe cafe coffee day uh, um. the company was in- indebted and it was hugely leveraged we were aware of that and there was a lot of uh, leverage at the promoter level also and we were aware of that as well but what we thought is that the underlying asset was very good mm-hmm. the intent of the promoter was to uh, clean up the books and come out of the mess but uh, w- what we failed to gauge is that uh, you know that the uh, uh, extent of the problem was just too large and uh, he mm-hmm. probably wasn't mentally strong enough to to be able to get out of it so that ended up uh, putting us in a soup uh, and we had to take a huge loss got it now kind of you know uh, moving a bit from stocks and coming to some other uh, uh, points uh, do you you know believe in maintaining an emergency corpus and uh, do you kind of budget for a certain number of months of expenses as uh, your emergency corpus no i think that is absolutely important what you want to do is uh, you want to remove all kinds of encumbrances from your investable surplus corpus so as long as your entire lifestyle needs your uh, daily expenditure your uh, assets every uh, for your uh, like your house office whatever is met and whatever the surplus is left all that should ideally go into investing so uh, i have i am lucky enough to have achieved my financial uh, freedom early on in life so sure. uh, my entire lifestyle needs and everything are met through my income and my dividend itself so i don't have to touch my investable uh, corpus at all so i can really really give it a long rope in terms of uh, how my money compounds over a long period of time 
so uh, not really a uh, rainy day fund but right. uh, whatever force foreseeable uh, expenditures you have to ensure that you don't have to dip into your investments to fund those right got it so uh, ravi just on a lighter note so you know everybody seems to be traveling these days so have you had the chance to go on a holiday in recent times yeah 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 so of course there is a, a whole lot of uh, revenge travel happening in fact yeah. i was in dubai last week for an investment summit but okay. uh, prior to that the holiday i took was uh, i went for the india pakistan game in the t20 cricket world cup and that was a super game Wow. So that that turned out to be a fantastic thing and i have been to some other i've been lucky enough to witness uh, ms dhoni hit his last six in the uh, 2011 world cup that we won so i'm 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 a sports traveler especially cricket traveler and i do enjoy going for these matches oh good good that that's very nice so you know you of course talked about uh, rakesh junjunwala ji also so any instances that you recount from your experience when you were working for uh, rakesh ji and that you like to oh, talk yeah, about there are many 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 examples and anecdotes mm-hmm. but uh, one i'll just share with you one thing that you know usually uh, we were all uh, working for him and uh, any investment he would do and then he would come and tell you or he would ask you dubenge to nahi na and <laughs> you really had no idea what to answer because he is just invested in it and he is coming and asking you whether uh, we have made a mistake or no so you yeah. have to be really really sure about what you say so that was uh, that was just his way of uh, you know getting other people's thoughts uh, but yeah he really uh, one thing i've learned un- under him is to not utter a word if you are not very sure of it because he was a very a very hard task master and you you had to be sure about what you what you say mm-hmm. no but i'm i'm sure it was a great experience you know working for him yes absolutely yeah uh, so ravi thanks so much for taking out the time to talk to us it was very nice uh, talking with you thanks a lot thank you so much so listeners that's it for now thanks for tuning in if you have any personal finance questions You can email them to us at mintmoney@livemint.com, or you can reach out to me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Malik underscore Madhu. That is M A U L I K underscore M A D H U. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.